You're listening to the Riot Show. This is the Riot Show. You're listening to the Riot Show. This is the Riot Show. You're listening to the Riot Show. This is the Riot Show. You're listening to the Riot Show. This is the Riot Show. Hey man, the only place I go. Every night it's the Ryan Show Check us out for an hour, enjoy yourself maybe Good music and special guests Listen, we the best, forget the rest It's just me and Ryan, Cheeks the team Yeah, we about to reign, reign, reign supreme Come on. Yeah, we coming over and we taking the scene Yeah, we should be on that line laid up, up on the screen Yeah, you know my team, yeah, we really just doing this Fluid up, every time we really just moving this Yeah, man, we mix it up To all of my fellas and chicks Best believe we the new way, Mr. T. Rob Boogie and Anthony Dave. Yes, you're listening to the Riot Show. This is the Riot Show. You're listening to the Riot Show. This is the Riot Show. You're listening to the Riot Show. This is the Riot Show. You're listening to the Riot Show. now tuned in live to another weekly edition of the ryan show fm with your host ryan vernell and the legendary co-hosts that sit beside me each and every week two amazing brands and entities in themselves well we're missing one tonight mr cheeks of the lost boys who's out there on the front lines of protesting and the greatest socialite on earth hamptons dave hamptons dave old buddy of mine we're in some really sad times but even in these sad times, I hope you're having a nice evening. That's it. I'm doing good. I'm out. Uh, actually, I'm in Brooklyn sitting on the fire escape. We got the curfew put into place right now. Eight o'clock. It's going in. I think in a half hour it goes in. You can hear the helicopters going crazy. I mean, you can see the streets are just littered with people walking, protesting, marching. Uh, it's, it's actually pretty cool to be around. It sucks the time that, you know, it sucks what's going on. It sucks that RIP to George Floyd. But, uh, you know, it's uniting the people, and that's, that's pretty cool to see. Well, that is true. Whenever there's some type of terrible tragedy, it does bring everybody together. The murder of George Floyd is different than a lot of police brutality situations, state murders of the citizens, because it's very cut and dry. There's a video of the man not being able to breathe and letting everybody know that he was dying, and four individuals let the man die. Yet only one has been charged with murder and a half-assed murder charge at that third-degree murder when really he should have been charged with first-degree murder and the other three cops charged with third-degree murder at the least. Yeah. It's disgusting. It's, it wasn't an arrest. It wasn't anything. It was full-fledged murder. Full-fledged murder. the craziest thing. He had a look in his eyes. You know, he yeah, did it for eight and a half minutes. It's not like he sat there for two minutes. He sat there for eight and a half minutes 
and like dug his knee and it was just disgusting to watch. And as disgusting as it is and as uncomfortable as, as it is for the media outlets to talk about it, it's necessary for you to watch that entire eight and a half minute, however long it was, eight to ten minute video to see the true monstrosity that is right in front of us, which is hatred. More than anything else, that man was killed out of hatred as he was begging to be able to breathe. So anyone that doesn't agree that that's murder, get the f*** out of this country because you don't belong here. You simply don't belong here. And yeah, this is a monumental time for the United States of America because it could be a real turning point. While everybody is inside and does have the chance to inform themselves and educate themselves, I feel like a lot of white people simply don't understand what white privilege is. And they don't want to take the time to educate themselves on the matter. If you are living in this country and you don't understand the huge advantage that it is not only to be white, but really the disadvantage that it is to be black, then you really won't ever understand what it's like to have that type of oppression against you in this country. Because that's just the beginning of things. Yeah, it is. It's just crazy, you know, just as as we're starting to get past the pandemic, you know, we're starting to move forward and life's starting to become a little bit more normal. Then, you know, one cop goes and I mean, it's not just one cop. There's a number, you know, it, there's a number of things that have happened. And uh, this isn't just related to that one. Uh, it's been going on for years and it, it needs to change. And it's just good that I hope they keep protesting until they got to put all four of those other the other uh, officers in jail. Only one has been arrested, at th- which, which it should have been first-degree murder. The other three should be arrested for third-degree murder. It's a broken legal system. It's poorly trained police. And I feel like one of the main problems is the lack of training that the police have to go through. Yeah, that, the training. I mean, it would be nice if they could get Navy SEAL training. I mean, I know they're never going to get training to that caliber, but at least enough hand-to-hand combat training where they're comfortable restraining and detaining somebody without having to pull out a gun and shoot them. Teach them some Krav Maga or something. I don't think that the situation with George Floyd was a matter of this dude being scared or being in fear for his life, but I do feel there are a lot of situations where the cop is scared because he simply doesn't have the training to take somebody down, and then he has to make some extreme decision and start shooting somebody. But... On a different yet similar note, tonight marks the very first appearance of Hampton's Dave's girlfriend on these airwaves. And I know that the ladies out there never thought that they would see the day that Hampton's Dave was claimed by a woman. And she is very active on the protesting front. She's been out there marching. She was out on the front line yesterday. She was out, you know, marching. She was, uh, she's out on Brooklyn. And she, you know, she did the march. She did the protest. So I just want to be good to let people see. You know, good side of the peaceful protest. The, the the news is pretty much only putting out the looting and the rioting. I uh, I want to you know put into focus the the good protesting, the peace peaceful protesting. It's not all it's not not all negative. And we're gonna get into the looting and the rioting later on because I know that I've seen a lot of videos surfacing of what appears to be uh, like police trying to increase the levels of violence like what's going on with these pallets of bricks that are being laid out i don't know if you saw this video of the cop taking the blackjack and bashing out a window covering his face with an umbrella and walking back into the precinct i mean this is unprecedented times because there weren't cameras you know back when these riots happened in 1992 not everybody had a cell phone on them so we really before we get to our first guest we got our friend scrooge owens who's got a very um, he's very upset. He's very angry. He's dealt with some racist experiences just in the last like two days. I guess that he wants to call in and talk about. 
But yeah, I, you know, before we get a. Uh, carried away let's get to some music we're gonna play some revolution music tonight yes nothing but powerful music all night music with meaning hip-hop soul music funkadelic music hamptons dave i think it's time to get this thing started before we bring mr owens on here what do you think let's do it let's get it started let's play some music let's big up the people oh and also big shout out to the girl damn homie you all know damn homie on ig she's the uh, the, the cute chick big tease makes all those funny videos well, she's coming in tonight to take things to a, a lighter note as well. So without further ado, folks, this is The Ryan Show FM, and we will be back. Let's go. You will not be able to stay home, brother. You will not be able to plug in, turn on, and cop out. You will not be able to lose yourself on Skag and skip out for beer during commercials because the revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be brought to you by Xerox in four parts without commercial interruptions. The revolution will not show you pictures of Nixon blowing a bugle and leading a charge by John Mitchell, General Abrams, and Spiro Agnew to eat hog moths confiscated from a Harlem sanctuary. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be brought to you by the Shaper Award Theater and will not star Natalie Woods and Steve McQueen or Bullwinkle and Julia. The revolution will not give your mouth sex appeal. The revolution will not get rid of the nub. The revolution will not make you look five pounds thinner because the revolution will not be televised, brother. There will be no pictures of you and Willie Mae pushing that shopping cart down the block on the dead run or trying to slide that color TV into a stolen ambulance. NBC will not be able to predict the winner at 8.32 on the court from 29 districts. The revolution will not be televised. There will be no pictures of pigs shooting down brothers on the instant replay. There will be no pictures of pigs shooting down brothers on the instant replay. There will be no pictures of Whitney Young being run out of Harlem on the rail with a brand new process. There will be no slow motion or still lights of Roy Wilkins strolling through Watts in a red, black, and green liberation jumpsuit that he has been saving for just the proper occasion. Acres, Beverly Hillbillies, and Hooterville Junction will no longer be so damn relevant, and women will not care if Dick finally got down with Jane on Search for Tomorrow, because black people will be in the street looking for a brighter day. The revolution will not be televised. There will be no highlights on the 11 o'clock news and no pictures of Harry R. Woman Liberationist and Jackie Onassis blowing her nose. The theme song will not be written by Jim Webb or Francis Scott Key, nor sung by Glenn Campbell. Tom Jones, Johnny Cash, Engelbert Humperdinck, or the rare earth, the revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be right back after a message about a white tornado, white lightning, or white people. You will not have to worry about a dove in your bedroom, the tiger in your tank, or the giant in your toilet bowl. The revolution will not go better with coke. The revolution will not fight germs that may cause bad breath. The revolution will put you in the driver's seat. The revolution will not be televised, will not be televised, will not be televised, will not be televised. The revolution will be no rerun, brothers. The revolution will be live. Dark brown shades 
of my skin Only add color to my tears Oh, oh That splash against my hollow bones That rocks my soul Looking back over my false dreams that I once knew Wondering why my dreams never came true Is it because I'm black? Uh-huh. Somebody tell me what can I do? Oh Lord Oh Something is holding me back uh-huh. Is it because I'm black? Yeah In this world of no pity I was raised in the ghettos of the city Mama, she worked so hard to earn every penny, yeah, oh Lord, something is holding me back, uh-huh, is it because I'm black? Cause I'm black Somebody tell me What can I do Will I survive Or will I
drive Cadillac cars uh-huh. Oh, I want to be somebody so bad But you keep on putting your foot on me And I, I believe, I believe I can break away And be somebody somehow in some way You see, I heard somebody say one time You can make it if you try Oh, and some of us, we're trying so hard We're trying so hard I want you to know that I don't speak for myself But I speak for y'all too right now Uh-huh You see, if you have white, light brown skin and a high yellow You're still black So we all got to stick together right now I want to say to you, my sisters and my brothers Right on, sister mm-hmm. Right on, brother Dig this If we keep on pushing y'all Oh, we got to make it a little bit further We got to make it a little further All we got to do is try, try, try And some of us
Ryan Boogie on the ones and twos, folks. This is the Ryan Show FM, and we're back. Strange, sick days indeed. Um, but no matter how crazy and dark these times are, it's always a pleasure and it always brings me great joy to have this next guest here on the Ryan Show FM. My good brother, Scrooge Owens, is in the house. Sir, sure, what's good? Me, Mug Entertainment, and the Me, Mug Entertainment. What's going on, man? Cause you talking about? Cause you talking about, man? It's good to see you. You hear me? So, you know, always good to see you. So many people know that voice of Scrooge Owens because Scrooge has been in it for a very long time. He's worked with some of your favorite artists, and if you're a real listener of the Ryan Show FM, you hear his music on here quite often. His anthem, "Fuck Is You Talking About," might as well be the anthem of this very show. And you saw him turn, <laughs> saw him turn up at Old Stove too. <laughs> he turned turned up at Old Stove that night. Because you talking about, yeah, yes, we, we got the video at. Yep, the video. Yeah, it's classic. Because you talk about, spell the way it sounds. Well, Scrooge, 
it's as you see crazy times that we're living in right now not much uh, seems to have changed from the old school racist videos that we see in the on the history channel after looking at that video that surfaced of uh, of George Floyd rest in peace George Floyd and Scrooge, you've always been very a very active member of the black community when it comes to speaking out against oppression and racism and flaws in the legal system. Because you've not only faced the legal system, but you're still facing racism all the time. It seems that, at least recently, every time I look on your Facebook, there's some white people giving you a hard time for something, especially in this day and age. <laughs> <laughs> You know what it is, man? Let me let me explain something to you, right? When you first thing you gotta do is look at the leader of, of the country. You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying? And see what type of what type of energy he's putting out to the people. You understand what I'm saying? And you only like we know that we live in a we live in a legally racist country long as it's against black people. You know what I'm saying? You can you can be racist against black people. Anybody else is a little a, a little problem is considered a hate crime. You understand what I'm saying? Because yeah. think like this. Why do we still have the KKK still live and active? Why do we still have neo-Nazis out there live and active? Like they're having protests and that that is they only spew straight hate. It's classified as a hate group, but you know, you mentioned re something really good on, on Facebook. You said, "Where are these people now? Acting all tough, acting like they're really about it." Yet when these protests come, they're nowhere to be found. They're not coming outside for that. Shit. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. They do it, and they do these things in little towns where people—not many people—gonna come out. No they one's gonna not, fight back. Not, yeah, they're not coming out with exactly. a bunch of motherfuckers out there. It, yo, it, it, it may be like. And I'm being nice. It may be like a hundred of them or something like that, right? 150, 200 in an area, right? If they try to throw something together, do you know what that's like with a thousand angry people coming at you? They already tearing stores and shit up. That's that would be motivation for them to fuck them up. Yeah, you should see what it's like, right? You know, I'm a bedside. You should see what it's like, right? Where they're marching down Nostrand and Fulton. It's crazy. It's it it it's you know it, it's you feel it like you feel it. Yeah, but you know, like, and and, and listen, and I, we we spoke on this before, right? I'm not saying that I condone people tearing shit up, right? I don't, I don't. I'm not saying, yo, yeah, fuck that, yo, just while. I, and you do have radicals out there, right? But you do have people who also just naturally piss the fuck off and want to break something. We all been through it in our life where we've been mad and wanted to fucking break something, punch the wall, or so. Imagine that. On a, on a scale of one million. I mean, I really do my best to understand it. It's just that as a white guy in this country, I don't have to go out and worry about getting shot for the color of my skin. I don't have to worry about getting kneed on and suffocated. Uh, my kid doesn't have to go and worry. I'm not going to have to explain this to him someday. Uh, so it's tough for me to really understand any level of that anger. That's why I understand when black people say, look, you'll never understand what this struggle is really like unless you're black. I know what you mean in those aspects, but I'm, I'm trying to say, I'm trying to talk about the emotion, not, not for what reason. The, the emotion. Say your girl, your girl cheated on you or some shit. Ever cheated on you in life, and you was like, oh, you're some bullshit. And you punching walls and kicking garbage cans and throwing. That is the type of anger that I'm talking about. 
So not not the cause, but I'm just talking about the emotion itself. Imagine that times a million. <laughs> you understand where I'm coming from? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Now imagine a million fucking people still like that. You that's why it's a lot of destruction and because people are tearing shit up because they 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 it's a it's a mental thing whether you do it on a small scale or a yeah. big scale. When people get angry, they want to break shit up. That's just what it is. And you know, Scrooge, it's not only protesters and rioters. There's a lot of opportunists out there, whether it be what seems to be police that are trying to incite more violence, maybe so that they can shoot them with these rubber bullets and run people over and beat them with sticks, spray them with pepper spray. But I, we talked about it a little bit earlier. They, their job is to make it not look peaceful. Exactly. And, and like, you know, pallets of bricks being left at some of these protests, like, it just, some of it doesn't add up. And by opportunists, I noticed a lot of, uh, like, maybe young anarchists and young kids, looked like young white kids with skateboards breaking out windows of cop cars. And it's, it's all like white kids. kids it's all white people, yeah. But, but you like got the person that threw the Molotov cocktail. That was a white girl from upstate. You got, you, know? you got, you got to understand, you know, you got people from all over the world who have different encounters with police. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, and yeah. and most of the encounters that they have encountered with police is not peaceful. So you have a lot of people who just don't like fucking police. They might they, so they find them this reason to to wild out too. You know, yeah, and yeah. You, know, you know, you know what? If you think about this, think about this, right? And and this you know, my wife Jackie actually brought this up. You understand what I'm saying? Because, you know, she's she's mixed. She's Korean and German. You know what I'm saying? So we have a mixed baby and all that stuff. So that's like a trifecta. That's like a, a triracial baby. You know what I'm saying? A triracial. So, but basically, she was saying, "You want to know why there's so many Caucasian or white people, whatever way you want to put it, involved now? Because you think about it. When most of this shit is happening, people are going through their daily. They're living their lives. They're going through work. Oh, whatever, whatever. You know." But since this pandemic, people have been sitting home. So they're able to see this for real yeah. and, and take it. So that's why you see so many white people out there like, oh, this is what the fuck been going on. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just crazy to see. And, and Instagram, people are seeing these videos like, you know, we talked about this earlier on the phone, Scrooge, this morning. How this media blackout, it's great in the sense that it shows the unification of everybody and we're all willing to make a statement, the same statement, you know, the black post or whatever. But in a time where information getting out there is more important than ever for people to be aware of the craziness that's really out there, it might be doing more harm than good. I liked, I saw a few posts that said, make sure you don't hashtag Black Lives Matter when you're putting up the post so that you can still see some of the stuff that's actually going on out there. Right. I don't, I, I mean, I, I, I'm, don't mind me, but you know what I'm saying? Pardon me because I'm sitting in my car. I don't understand the point of a blackout. Like, okay, y'all blacking out. And then I got Nazi shit flying here. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, because I have my window open. But listen, you, okay, you blacking out for a day. What effect is that going to have? Yeah. What is that? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, okay, you black out for a day. And then tomorrow you're posting memes. Black that shit out for a month. Black it out for a week. 
but 24 hours i've not i haven't used my social media in 24 hours before that's not that's not a that's not a goal or a task yeah yeah, yeah. and if you're not and if you're black and I, and old, right I, I saw some of those people that posted that post after yeah it's like so right it's like, after and if you're blacking out okay what are you doing you're gonna go to youtube and and fucking educate yourself on american racism are you gonna are you gonna go out and protest what are you blacking out for? So you could so you could watch Netflix? Like what the f what are we doing here? Yeah, allocate that twenty four hours to educating yourself. Cause I feel like a lot of it really is ignorance. And that's why the best shot that we have at ending this system of oppression in the country is by teaching the youth and letting the youth know. Cause look, we are more connected than ever. So there is some positives. You know, there is a lot of positive things that are going on. And the fact that we are standing up against the state. I don't want to provoke anything. We're on FM radio right now, so not everybody is choosing to hear this program. Uh, but that being said, we are definitely closer to a revolution than ever before. I didn't think yeah. we would even stand a chance against the state. But seeing how shook these guys are <laughs> by these protests that are going on and the resorts that they're taking Just to end seeing it, how it's I spreading mean, power too. to the people, baby. Yeah, 100% you know, spreading like crazy. You know, and it's, and the, only thing, the only thing that's corny about it, right, is that it's making us look weak and any country can attack us right now because we look weak. Yes. You know what I'm saying? They can do whatever the fuck they want. Right now, wherever protest is, they can do a whole bunch of shit because we not unified. And this was bound to happen. You you got you got Trump who hasn't stepped in and said, yo. Yeah, he's the one. That's crazy. We're a country that's supposed to be together and united. He's telling people to shoot motherfuckers. He tell them yeah. shoot my friends. Yo, do you know what would happen if yo let me let me explain something to you right now, right? You have out there right now, right now, it ain't like the Martin Luther King days where you only have black people out there. You got so many different ethnic groups of people out there, you don't know who's fucking kid you about to shoot. Yeah. Yeah. You're telling them to shoot, you don't know who's this is a whole different group of people out there. You telling them people to shoot, you around and shoot somebody's daughter that's about something. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Hatred is the last thing we need right now. We don't need a leader spewing hatred. We need yeah, hope that's and love and positivity. It's like such a simple, simple uh, solution is and kindness. That's all, he, all he's doing is promoting violence, you know, saying sick the dogs. I'll have the dogs to sick on you. Promoting shooting. It's just crazy. He should step a in and peaceful, try to... Peaceful protesters. Like, once again, like, I know that there's a few bad eggs out there, and that seems to be what the media is focusing on right now. The mainstream media focuses on the looting, but there has been so many great videos that have surfaced, too, of cops taking knees with the people. Did you see the sheriff? I, I believe it was Flint, Michigan, where the yeah. sheriff was marching with the people. There's, yep. But all that stuff gets over. Yo, what it really comes down to is not everybody can handle being a police officer. Being a police officer takes a tremendous amount of patience. And if you don't have that type of patience and you don't have that type of security in your own ability to prevent someone from kicking your ass or from doing something to you, then you shouldn't be a police officer. And, and also, maybe it's time. In places like New York City, there's a rush to just get so many more cops on the street that they're just not, you know, the bar is set low. So yeah, these people aren't really qualified. Low. You know, yeah. it's like these little dweebs out here. Let, 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 let me let, let me say, like, Ryan, I just want to address the part where you were saying, like, the police officers kneeling and stuff like that. 
I, 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 I give him, I, I, I respect that. I respect that, right? But if you really, really, really want to, like, really show that you, 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 you down or something, after you get up, go into that police station and start evaluating your officers. Because you can, you can do all this shit. You hit the nail on the head right there. You can do all this shit in yeah. front of cameras. But once you yeah. get up, go inside and start saying, yo, who we got complaints on? Let's let's start looking at, let me start looking at you motherfuckers now because, yo, we, you know, because kneeling, it, that's, that's cool. But what are you going to do? You need to get these bad yep. apples out of there. I'm not saying that police ain't going to have to fucking choke a motherfucker up here and there because you got people you're going to have to be aggressive with. But yo, def, yo, if you're black, if you're black, in, in in America, your approach, the officer's approach to you initially is always aggressive. Or 98% of the time is always aggressive. So you give aggression back and they feel like they have authority because you're a man. It's like, yo, right, you, 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 you don't got to do that. You come to me, you talk to me like a man, we'll have a bad, better end result. But if you try to push your authority on me, I'm going to push back. And it's gonna yeah. end bad. Authority. That's the key word. Like it like you not everybody can handle being in that position. You see it when you're a kid with teachers. You see it when you're a kid with police officers, apparently too. But you know, like you said, there needs to be stronger penalty for the police that are messing around and not taking their job seriously and taking advantage of their authority. Do you see what that guy was getting away with? The guy, what is it, Derek Chauvin? How do you say his last name? Chauvin? Yeah. yeah. And this is a guy that had already been in trouble multiple times for abuse of his power. It says here, on the record, he shot an unarmed black 21-year-old male in 2008. That's right there. Right there. And plus, kneeing on somebody's neck. Yeah. That situation did not call for a knee on that man's neck. I mean, I don't know if any situation calls for that type of police brutality. Yeah. It's not like he was fighting. Yeah. He wasn't resisting. He wasn't trying to run away. He had a he had a check. He had a, or that was a, a twenty dollar bill, right? A, a fake twenty dollar bill. The man died over a fake twenty dollar bill. It ended up not being fake. I think not, not even fake. But here's wow. the thing, right? Crazy. You know, you, right? Everybody's talking about like how they had him on the floor and had they had his knee on his neck and all this and all this. But my thing is this: Why the f did y'all take him back out the car in the first place? Yeah. When y'all had him in the car, he should have been going to the station. Yep. What did you take that, him out the car for again? That's for the judge. And once again, that's a whole nother system that's messed up. You take him back out the car if he was they he was in the car. They drug him back outside and threw him on the ground and killed him in front of everybody. You know, well, it's crazy. And the other four has just stood there. The other four officers helped him and just stood there. Yeah, that's what's come on, man. And another thing I keep hearing is that the person that's filming these incidents should be sh jumping in, not just standing there with the camera, but actually getting involved in stopping this from taking place. What are your thoughts on that, Scrooge? I know that oh, there's not on. much you can Let's do to stop that. the police officer. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Go ahead. Speak, brother. She was, she, she was out. It's a, it's a girl, and she was at like one of the protests, and she was you know, in tears. And she, uh, she said, I was just trying trying to no. showcase it i guess trying to record it and make sure it was up but you got to stop it now let me I, let me say this right okay and, I, and i'm gonna break i'm gonna break this down i'm gonna break this down in a different perspective because when people say you should jump in you should jump in 
You gotta, you gotta really, really think. That's that's an emotional thought, right? Number one, we have to thank her for recording it. Somebody has to catch the footage. I don't believe that she was catching the footage just to say, "Yo, look what's happening." She was like, "Yo, oh, yeah. you, all right." So, right? Everybody's not a superhero. Every, you understand what I'm saying? That's one yeah. thing. Everybody, you, you, yo. If 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 you're walking down the street and a and a mugger pulls a gun on you, right? Somebody to rob you. You're not gonna jump and lunge at them to, to stop them from 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 shooting you and all that. You probably freeze up and give all your shit up. Now imagine you telling somebody to jump on an authority figure that has that's already killing somebody and has the right to fucking shoot you. You make a good point, but Scrooge, even in your own, even in the past three days. You've been dealing with a few different encounters where you were approached just for being black, essentially, yeah. right? And right. this was in this is on Long Island. This is in New York, where everybody thinks it's such a liberal place. But what just happened to you the other day? Because there, it led to a very incredible Facebook rant, if I do say so myself. But you know, you know what it is. Let me let me explain something to you. That's just those are just one or two of a trillion stories I have. You understand what I'm saying? These ain't like. I've been dealing with that shit all my life. <clears throat> you understand what I'm saying? It's just that in these times, it's just, it's just more frustrating. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I'm chilling outside, hanging out with... Yo, mind you, I told y'all, and you see in the post, I said I was hanging with two elderly women, right? Yo, these, these two elderly white women, yo, they, they're in their fucking 70s. <laughs> What, and you were just hanging out with them outside. You were they're what are they neighbors of some sorts? You know them before that. They're neighbors. They're neighbors. So we was just hanging outside, kicking it, talking, enjoy. You know what I'm saying? Enjoy. I've known them for four years, <laughs> like four or five years. I've known them for almost five years. It's not some people I just met. I've known them for five years. So somebody who some weirdo comes from left fucking field, ah, raving, yeah. and raving and raving and. But the thing about it is, right, <laughs> some people need to know who the hell they're talking to because you will have a bad fucking day. Like, you can say whatever you want, and I'm going to say whatever I want. But if you come to me violently, I'm going, I'm going, yo, yo it's going to be a problem. He came up to the wrong dude. That's the thing is, a lot of rappers, and this is that, I, I, this is no offense to some of our friends that are rappers out there, but a lot of them like to portray this image that they're take no shit. They're really about that life. They'll pull out the strap on you, this, yeah. that, the other. But here's the thing. Scrooge is what these guys are pretending to be like. Scrooge is who you. these guys want to be like and portray themselves as. It's really about that life. Yeah. I'm telling you. Because you're talking but, about. But you know what it is? I'm not a troublemaker. That's the thing. I'm not going to. I know I get down. I know I can do what I do, right? But that, that, that's a weakness to use that against people. You understand what I'm saying? I'd rather just be mad, cool, chill out, and do what I do. I only wild out when somebody when somebody bugs out on me. You understand what I'm saying? So if if, if I feel like I'm being attacked by somebody and I don't even know you, yo, I'm gonna defend myself to the fullest, baby boy. The last person you want to beef with is Scrooge Jones. I think Saigon learned that recently. Uh, that last time we had you on, you had a beef with Saigon. Did uh did that ever get cleared up? Your beef with Saigon? I don't, you know, we're in a pandemic right now, so you know, what I'm saying when when we bump heads, yeah, we bump heads. Saved bump by heads. COVID. Yes, yeah, yeah, I'm telling you, man. You know what I mean, sir? Like, I, I, 
these dudes is meatballs, bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so black, white, <laughs> green, any color. It's yo, that's what I'm trying to say, right? It's it's people who just are it doesn't matter what color you are, or what race you are. You got assholes all over. And you deal with them accordingly. Nice. You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying? Yeah, everywhere. You don't sit there and just group one one group of people in to to be like this, and then you act towards them in a certain way. You understand what I'm saying? I I feel like with the racism, it's really more good or evil. You've got to be a stupid person to believe that people act or think a certain way because of how they look, or people are less than you because of the way that it's a matter of stupidity and to me it's more good or evil and every time i see white people keeping their mouth shut that's one of the new memes that i see circulating is white silence is violence and you know what it really is because if half of those pussies stepped up and did say something and if they heard other white people saying some crazy off-color shit and they step up and educate or at least say something this would end a lot quicker you'd put more dents in this situation if more people stepped up and if you did like, if you did hear hear a white person talking like down and or niggas and this and this and this and that, yo, I don't even want you to f them up. I don't want you to beat them up. I don't want you to. I want you to pull them to the side and talk to them. Yeah. You know what I'm you'll get a better. You'll get a better exchange. Like, yo, listen, why you feel that way? Yo, you know I be around these people. Yo, it's when you if you have a conversation, I'd rather you educate them. Then, then whoop their ass. You understand what I'm saying? Because the what the the mental ass whooping that you'll give them will last longer than the physical one. You know what I mean? Well, Scrooge, you do make a good point. It's definitely better to be peaceful and not use violence in order to get your message across. Uh, but a lot of times you're dealing with inherently stupid people. Because for you to be racist in the first place and not understand. Simple addition, 2 plus 2 equals 4, what your experiences are that you go through in life shape who you are and the person that you've become. If you can't understand that after living in 2020 in the most interconnected world that humanity has ever seen, you're inherently stupid. So it's just not easy to get your point across to some of these people. You, 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 bring, them that's up, also you, you bring them around. Be like, yo, come here. Yo, I'm going to come hang. I'm going to come pick you up. You pick them up and then you bring them around, brothers. Now that's, yes. Like like Grand Torino, like Clint Eastwood and Grand Torino making friends with the Asian kids. Yeah, you kidnap them motherfuckers and bring them around some black people that's mad cool, and it may change their perspective. You know what I'm saying? But also, you got to think this is this is how they were raised. This is where they came from. Absolutely. You know, it's not like they just it's not like they just woke up and they said, "Oh, you know, I hate this race now." Absolutely. You know, nah, absolutely. It, it was instilled on them by their parents, by their grandparents. By their by their colleagues, by their friends. If you are a white man in America, you know at least one racist person. You know what I'm yeah. saying? That's a hundred percent fact. If you are a white man in America, you know at least at least one racist. Definitely more, but at least one. You understand what I'm saying? Because they'll feel comfortable talking racist around you until you check them. Yeah, like we're two guys, like Hams, Dave, and I. I don't know if you experienced the same thing happens, Dave, but um, I feel like people definitely judge me by who I hang out with and by uh, the culture that I affiliate myself with, whether it be hip hop or sushi, whatever it may be. I feel like it's just it just is what it is. We're almost 
we'll never understand ever what it's like once again to to be a part of uh, either uh, either end of that system of systemic racism. But for what it's worth, we're no good to these races too. These racists look at us as below them. Yo, Ryan, to, and, and, and for real, for real, to be honest with you, more than hater racist, I feel sorry for them. Yeah. You want to know why I feel sorry for a racist? Because you want to spend your whole little life in this white box, right? <laughs> when the world is so big and beautiful and so cultural, you, you, you hate, you, 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 you hate other races, but you want to eat Chinese food, motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You want to eat sushi. Or... You eat sushi, yeah. but you don't like chi the motherfuckers that it come from. You put yourself when you when you become a racist and you hate other races. You put yourself in a box that you don't get to grow a, and be a part of the wor world of other Preach. You understand what I'm saying? You so to so to to be real, I really feel sorry for a racist person because they they only stuck in one place in this big world. I can't think of a, a better a better way to put it, Scrooge. You got to feel bad for them. They're only holding themselves back from experiencing the beauty of life, which is the variety of it and the different flavors of life. And yep. yeah, I mean, on that note, I don't think I don't yeah, think you're missing really, out. there's really much more to say. So anyone out there that's listening and driving around their car right now, um, A, I hope you're wearing a mask and B, I hope you're absorbing all this knowledge, especially if you're racist. Be a little open-minded. Check out some history on YouTube. Don't just black out for 24 hours and that's it. This is the Ryan Show FM with our brother Scrooge Owens, who can be followed at Scrooge Owens. You already know, man. You already know. You can catch me on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. I don't even use Twitter. You know what I'm saying? It's who does? Instagram. You still catch him on it, though. You can catch me on it, though. People around are for OnlyFans. That's it. Thank you, man. Scrooge, I appreciate you, brother. Be good. Be safe out there, brother. You already know, man. And the and the and the and the new the new theme is educate them. Educate, educate, don't hate. Don't hate, educate. You know what I mean? Love it, folks. This is the Ryan Show FM, and we'll be back. This is a musical revolution. A big.
They said it was for the Mexican and not for the white man. But if you look at the street, it wasn't about Rodney King. It's this f***ed up situation and these f***ed up police. It's about coming up and staying on top and screaming 187 on a motherfucking cop. It's not in the paper, it's on the wall. Looking at me for the pay cut Bahamas, I be looking at you from the face down One Mac 11, leave the room with the face down Scheming, and let me tell you about my life Painkillers only put me in a twilight We're pretty and it's the highlight I tell my mama I love her, but this what I like Lord knows, 20 of them in my Chevy Tell them all to come and get me Reaping everything I sow So my karma come in heaven No preliminary hearings on my record I'm a mother
candy painting on a Rico digging in my pocket and a profit big enough to feed you every day my logic get another dollar just to keep you in the presence like a Chico ah. I don't talk about it be about it every day I see cool if I got it then you know you got it heaven I can reach you pet up pet up pet up my dog that's all big bag and chat I trap the bag for y'all I rap I'm black on tracks so rest assured my rights my wrongs I write till I'm right with God when you know we've been hurt been down before when our pride was low looking at the world like where do we go Wanna kill us dead in the street for sure I'm at the preacher's door My knees getting weak and my gun might blow But we gon' be alright Conflicted, misusing your influence. Sometimes I did the same, abusing my power full of resentment, resentment that turned into a deep depression. Found myself screaming in the hotel room. I didn't want to self destruct. The evils of Lucy was all around me. So I went running for answers. And folks, we are back. DJ Ride Boogie. On the ones and twos, a.k.a. myself, folks, this is The Ryan Show FM. And we are keeping this revolution televised, or at least over these airwaves tonight. Hampton's Dave has brought his lovely lady here onto the show for the first time tonight. And I couldn't be more excited. Hampton's Dave, how you holding up? I'm doing good. You know, Rod Boogie always gets the, always gets the mood going, especially in, in the way it is right now. Uh, you need the music. I think the music is important with everything going on it's good to have that good music but it's always good to do the ryan show you know i love doing this love being my man ryan and now the world gets to meet uh chanel this lovely young lady Ooh we welcome to the ryan show chanel thank you for having me there she is yeah i'm here hi ryan well, miss chanel thank you so much for coming on tonight i know you're probably exhausted you've been right out on the front lines protesting ducking and dodging the COVID-19 or whatever's left of it. Uh, I've got to ask you, you know, folklore on the show says that you run with the legendary Black Panthers. So what is a lovely lady with such high moral standards doing with the dastardly socialite Hampton's Dave? I have no idea. I have no idea. I think she's at a loss for words. He has a way with women, Hampton's Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Already got him in trouble. What is it like out there on the streets of Brooklyn? Was it what you expected? Is it as crazy as the media is portraying it? Um, it was pretty intense at first, but you know, once you get into it, you start to really feel what's happening. The protest, uh, it was emotional, pretty emotional for me. I saw all kinds of people just like wanting to love on each other and just like they were giving out water and food and clapping and chanting. It takes a lot to like scream in those masks. It was, it was intense. I didn't even think about that. It must be hard to protest and scream and have a voice when you have a mask on. Yeah, it was, it was pretty nuts. 
Was there a lot of social distancing going on too, considering there is virus? No, there was none of that. No social distancing. People are out there risking their lives so that they can save lives. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, legitimately. And you know, you went you went and uh, supported one of your friends, right? You went and marched with one of your friends? Yeah, so my, my friend uh, Brochet, from the, he's from the Black Panther Party, the original Black Panther Party, and uh, he knew about a protest, and I went to go and meet him. It was in Bed-Stuy, and we marched through, we marched to the 77th Precinct from the Ostrand Avenue in bed and it was a lot of people. Yeah, after Hams David mentioned that you were out with uh, with Brother Shep, I Googled him and did a little bit of research into him, and yeah, he was one of the original Black Panthers and friends with Huey P. Newton. Yeah, he is. He's a good, he's a good man. Anytime it's time like for the cause, he's always there. He's out there. So I felt... I felt good going to meet him, especially. So, And uh, folks out there listening, we've got a nice little surprise for you coming right now. We have an original member of the Black Panthers Party. He just led a protest in Brooklyn of 30,000 people. The legendary, the one and only Brother Shep is calling into the show tonight. Thanks to the lovely Chanel. And when... Oh, he's... And it, and it appears he's on the line already. All right. Give it up. Welcome, Brother Shep, to the Ryan Show FM for the first time. All right. Good to hear from you, man. Yeah, thank you for coming on the show. You know, we want to get a different insight. Uh, just you were out there yesterday, just the feelings and everything, just to see how the protests were, your feelings on it. Uh, just trying to get, you know, all the insight we can on it. But okay. I, it was real quick. Wow. I mean, just, you know, at least five blocks long through this side. 
Um, you know, matter of fact, um, I waited to the end to uh, meet up with Chanel, and after she had to leave, I tried to catch up to the beginning, and I couldn't even do that. It was like, you know, too many blocks, too many people, the streets were packed, but the uh, reaction from the community was awesome. You know, people came out their windows, they was on their porches, yeah. on their stoops, so on the fifth floor, you know, agreeing what was going on. And the respect in the community was what it's supposed to be because it was made by folks who actually live in the community. Uh, so anybody who wanted to live in the community, they had no choice but to go along with the program and respect it. Uh, we did go to the 77th precinct. Um, in front of there, um, words were said to them. And then they moved on past Boys and Girls High and went back up to Restoration Plaza where the, um, the rally in March was ended. It took a total of about four hours um, to have the whole thing done. Um, in terms of the speakers, I don't, I, would, I don't have all the names right now. I'm waiting for their report. But there was a group, you know, in Best Side, the Best Side Patch, that did a pretty decent job on reporting on They put some pictures in. I actually have some photos that somebody sent me that I'm going to put out on my own report, you know, this evening. Uh, it's probably too late for you to, to, to get on the air, but you'll be able to see it. The listeners will be able to see it later on. And Brother Shep, you've been about this for a long time. You've been a part of the Black Panthers since the beginning. So would you liken yesterday's protest to anything that you've seen in the past? Um, It relates to what we did. I mean, a lot of the folks that led that march, uh, we trained them. <laughs> so myself recorded. You know, we did, we did um, workshops in the 90s to train people on how to deal with police brutality in the community, how to respond and organize. So the relationship has gone back again to the early 90s with, with that group that led that one. But we continue that whole struggle, you know, up to this day, um, particularly with younger folks. Um, you know, as after we left the precinct, you know, some folks spotted me that I didn't even know was going to spot me. And they said, it's fucking shit. You know, they called me out and da 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 But, um, again, it's people that we work with. And that's our whole thing now is two things. It's um, training and passing on our legacy to younger people because it's their turn now. Our turn is over. We're done. We, we had our time. Um, we had, we were in the struggle. We didn't win it, but we were able to learn from it and be able to pass that on to others. Our mistakes and, of course, our victories. And the second part is we still have Panthers in prison. There's still 13 black Panthers that have been locked up for close to 50 years now. And we got to bring them home. And that's all part of that, especially we talk about police brutality and terrorism. Um, that's why they're in jail, <laughs> because they, you know, we were the forefront back then against fighting that. Mm-hmm. Uh, people like to always look at, you know, the early days when it first started and it was legal to carry guns out in Oakland. And they changed the law because, you know, we went to the Capitol in Oakland and in Seattle to change the laws about that. And, um, but, in terms of self-defense, we always believe in the Second Amendment in terms of the community, but we also said, and we trained young people that too, that if you got a piece or a weapon, you need to know how to use it. It's not for the tool. It's like a hammer, you know, going into a nail. You got to respect it. You don't pull it out. You don't use it, you know, like you're not supposed to. And we train people on that. But we do believe in self-defense. And with this whole thing that's going on now, just to bring it up to speed, it's a great 
um, thing that's going on throughout this country because people are waking up. That's all it's being talked about. Of course, Corona had a lot to do with it because Corona got people in their houses and had time to think <laughs> and see what's yeah. going on and what's going on. So that, that, yeah, I tried to move where I had a big mouth person coming in and <laughs> rocking out to get his burgers. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> So, Brother Shep, what is the next thing, the next step, essentially, after protesting? What can be done to help further the cause? Okay, we, we've had a plan since the late 60s. Um, it's called community control over the police. Um, and it relates to community control over all the institutions in our neighborhoods. Because we don't control the housing, we don't control the education, we don't control the politics, we don't control the health care, we don't control anything in our community. We don't control for people from the outside. We always said that the community should be organized to take control of their own neighborhoods. And so part of that is we have actually a voter campaign that we were going to launch, but at the time that we were going to launch it, three years ago, a lot of the groups were still splintered and still sectarian, and they didn't want to come together to deal with it. But we can actually change the New York City Charter um, and make sure that you have community control, which would encompass mandatory residency, which means that in every one of your neighborhoods that you're living, or everybody living, no cop can work in that set unless they live in that neighborhood which will give them a vested interest in that community yes, because their children may go to the same schools, yeah. they go to the same houses and workshops, they shop in the same stores, they go walk to work, and everybody knows each other, which is bigger and different than community police. I agree. I think it's that familiarity with one another that will lead to better understanding. When people feel fear, it's usually because they don't understand the other side. Not like that gives an excuse for the brutality that happens. They're protecting their home pretty much, essentially. That it's their kids are in this community, so it, it gives them a better, you know, more set. And you know, I, what I always get when I go to programs, because we go to some of their meetings and stuff in the community, and when that's brought up, and you say, "Oh, well, we can't live there because our lives and our families would be in danger." It's like, how are they gonna be in danger if you do what you're supposed to do? Yeah, the community's gonna protect you if you do the right thing because you live in the neighborhood. <laughs> You know, and then they have to say at that point. But the, I was talking exactly. to you, the, the precinct commanders would be voted and elected by the neighborhood. There would be an uh, independent uh, prosecutor in that neighborhood that lives there to deal with anything that has to be done in terms of subpoenas on police officers that don't do the right thing. And then you you have a board, oversight board, also elected by the neighborhood. That would oversee the hiring, firing, and all this. So the community would actually control all aspects of the police. And if you don't want to live in that neighborhood, then you can go downtown and, you know, patrol Times Square or go to the net games or the Yankee games or whatever. That's your job. If you can't live in a community, then you just got to go. That's the best solution that I've heard so far, Brother Shep. So thank you for the knowledge, the gems, the insight. And one last question, what can we do as citizens to help? Is it going out and protesting? Is it creating petitions to change laws? The protesting is good because it's putting more awareness, especially now, to what's going on. 
But there's got to be training, there's got to be classes, there's got to be workshops so that people can learn how to deal with this. And then, you know, they talk about the police have classes and they're being trained. They're not being trained the way they're supposed to be. All right, they're being trained to protect their own selves. So the union got to be dealt with. That's the worst enemy of this whole thing is the police unions across this country. The Fraternal Order Police, the PDA, all that. They're all related. They're all about themselves. They don't care about the people. They don't care about people they kill. I just feel like anybody that has authority shouldn't have that type of union protection when it comes to doing their job. If they have the ability to take somebody's life away from them and they have protection from the state... People are just going to keep taking advantage. Absolutely. I, I've had union people that I got in touch with, that I got in their case, and told them, well, you know, you're always asking for donations to help the families of slain police officers. And what about the people that police officers slain? Because they always they don't care about that. I did actually say that. So it tells you where they're coming from. What we got to do is, it's about, you know, the quiet phrase, when we say all power to people, it's got to come to the people. Couldn't have said it better. Well said. So, Brother Sheb, where can they uh, find you? They're listening to you all over the country, not just here in New York. Where can they follow you on Instagram, all that stuff? The best thing to do, because I filter all of my uh, communication, is hit me on email. I'll check that out. And if it looks like it's legitimate, then I'll hit you back with all the rest of that information. My email is Panther, P-A-N-T-H-E-R, Shep. S-H-E-P, cat, C-A-T, at A-O-L.com. That's right, I still use the A-O-L, because I've had it for so long. <laughs> that throwback, love it. <laughs> so, Panther Shep. I'll be back, and I'll send you all the information you need. The Instagram, the Twitter, the websites, all that stuff that you need to know. Thank and the Facebook, all that. But thank you for coming on. When this is all, you know, when everything's all over, the pandemic and all that, we'd love to, you know, sit down and actually in person have a conversation and go a little more into depth. That would be great because there's a lot more to it. And I'm sure I'm speaking for just about every good-hearted person in this country when I say thank you for literally risking your life at certain points in order to give everybody equal rights in this country. As far as we might have come, clearly there is a very, very long way to go. All right, and it's your turn now. <laughs> we just got you back, all right? <laughs> Appreciate you, Brother Shep. That was good. And there he goes. An original Black Panther. And we got to thank your lovely lady, Chanel, for that. Chanel, thank you very much. Thank you, Chanel. Nice. Now, uh, I think it's time to play some more revolution music. Let's go. Not much music on tonight's show. Not as much music as I thought. We've had just so much great conversation. We got to keep this thing going, folks. This is the Ryan Show FM, starring the lovely lady of Hamptons Dave, Chanel. And if you need a haircut, be sure to find her on there. Slide in the DMs like we say about Hamptons Dave. (laughs) Haircuts on grand, baby. (laughs) Folks, we'll be back. A big... Buck a buck a buck a buck a buck a buck a You know the deal This is me though Beast by Supremo for all of my people Negroes and Latinos And even the gringos Yo, check it, one for Charlie Hustle Two for Steady Rock Three for the forthcoming live future shot It's 
five dimensions, six senses, seven firmaments of heaven and hell, eight million stories to tell, nine planets faithfully keep an orbit with the probable ten. the universe expands length, the body of my text possess extra strength, power lift the powerless up out of this towering inferno, my ink so hot it burned through the journal, I'm black at midnight on Broadway and Myrtle, hip hop past all your tall social hurdles like the nationwide projects, prison industry complex, working class poor better keep your alarm set, streets too loud to ever hear freedom ring, say it back in with your sleep, it's dangerous to dream, for your chain cats get they chip back, you dead now, killing fields need blood to graze the cash cow, it's a number game but shit don't add up somehow, like I got 16 to 32 bars to rock it, but only 15% of profits, ever seen my pockets like 69 billion in the last 20 years, spent on national defense, but folks still live in fear like, nearly half of America's largest cities is one quarter black, that's why they gave Ricky Ross all the crap, 16 ounces to a pound, 20 more to a Key of five minutes sitting, searing, and you no longer free. Forty percent of Americans own a cell phone, so they can hear everything that you say when you ain't home. I guess Michael Jackson was right. You are not alone. Rock your hard hat black as you in the terror zone. Full of hard, large dice tumblers. Young teens in prison, greens placing life numbers. Crack mothers, crack babies, and AIDS patients. Young bloods can't spell, but they can rock you a PlayStation. Snoo mappers with my mother. You wanna know how to rhyme? You better learn how to add. It's mathematics. <laughs> Mighty most definitely. <laughs> it's simple mathematics. Check it out. <laughs> I revolve around science. What are we talking about here? <laughs> Mighty most definitely. <laughs> it's simple mathematics. Check it out. <laughs> I revolve around science. What are we talking about here? Two sides to every story, three strikes and you bitten for life Mandatory, four MCs murdered in the last four years I ain't trying to be the fifth when the millennium is here Yo, it's six million ways to die From the seven deadly thrills Eight-year-olds getting found with nine mils It's 10 p.m. where your C's at What's the deal? They on the hill pumping krills To keep their bellies filled Lighting the ass with heavy steel Sights on the pretty sh** in life Young soldiers trying to earn their next strike When the average minimum wage is 5.15 You best believe you gotta find a new grind to get cream The white Unemployment rate is nearly more than triple for black So frontliners got their gun in your back Bubble and crack Jewel theft and robbery to combat poverty And end up in the global jail economy Stiffer stipulations attached to each sentence Budget cutbacks but increased police presence And even if you get out of prison Still living, join the other five million Under state supervision This is business No faces, just lines and statistics From your phone, your zip code to SSI digits The system break man, channel women in the figures Two columns for who is and who ain't Numbers is hard and real and they never have finners But you push too hard, even numbers got limits Why did one straw break the camel's back? Here's the secret The million other straws underneath it It's all mathematics Mighty most definitely It's simple mathematics Check it out I revolve around science What are we talking about here? Mighty most definitely It's simple mathematics Check it out Just to get by, just to get by 
for myself These words melt in my mouth They hot like the jail cell in the south Before my nigga core bailed me out Just to get by, just to get by, just to get by, just to get by We do a die like best stars, see the red sky out the window of the red eye Let the lead fly so G-Rap living the lead Ride Boogie, aka myself, Ryan Verdell, on the ones and twos tonight. Folks, thank you for listening to the Ryan Show FM. Don't forget that there's a whole website for you to check out. It's got a bunch of great information, new articles that come out every week about some of your favorite athletes, great inspirational situations that happen in sports and beyond. We're even going to be putting out some social justice articles this week, thanks to author Mac Daddy, one of our top contributors. So next up this evening is our interview with Damn Homie, which actually was recorded on the same morning as the murder of George Floyd. So the news had just broken. So just keep that in mind when you're listening. We really do like to try to stay relevant, but we had to book this one a little bit early and had to put this one out because, to be frank, we love Damn Homie. So bear with us. It's going to be a little different than the rest of the content that we had on tonight, a little bit more lighthearted. But hey, it's a nice little escape, at least for a, a nice 20 minutes 
considering everything that's going on. Folks, this is The Ryan Show FM, and here is our interview with IG Sensation at Damn Homie. Let's go. And we are back, folks. You are listening to The Ryan Show FM, broadcasting all over this big blue planet. Hamptons, Dave, how you holding up tonight? I'm doing good. I'm doing good here. Got a little bit of that medicine in the air. As I you can see, see that. I'm at one of my favorite establishments in Chinatown. Trying to to those, see, if I can see how strong this corona really is. And as you sit there in front of that Woha backdrop, it really does make you think there's a very good chance that the coronavirus was actually created in that kitchen. It's the number 19 on the menu. Mm. <laughs> well, we do have a very, a very funny lady here tonight. We haven't had a comedian on in quite some time, and I don't use that word lightly. I know there's always this bias about IG comedians. We have a few stand-up comedians that come on this program, uh, but without further ado, likely the hottest IG comedian in the game, Damn Homie, is in the building. And it's Maya, right? Yeah, Maya. Maya, welcome, welcome. Now is it... Is it damn? Am I saying it right? Is it like damn, homie, or is it damn? Everybody says it. Damn, homie. Damn, Don't homie. Don't call me Maya no more. They just call me the homie. The it's homie. part of I'm this like new age. Today. It's how it works in 2020. You're really whatever your at name is. People literally call me the Ryan Show. Honestly, <laughs> I have a. I call my closest friends their Instagram names. I don't know why. And then when they change their names, I'm like, ah, oh, now I gotta change what I call you. Fuck. Yeah, it's like getting <laughs> so a name change. Oh please, they're used to it. They go fly off the road. Good. If they're going to go flying off the road from the F word, they deserve it. Say whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. They're, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, trying, I'm literally trying to learn to curse less because my friends all have kids. And I'm, every time I'm like, dig this, that, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going through it right now. I have an eight month old and I feel like his first word is going to be fuck at this rate if I don't watch myself. Seriously. And I, I, I do it without even thinking about it. Make sure it's daddy <laughs> before it's mommy. Yeah, I already I dropped the ball on that. It's already been mom. It's been mom. He's been saying it. Mom, mom, mom. He's looking at me and saying mom, which is even worse. I want my mama. Yeah. Oh, no, nah, he's, he's got that. He's got that right. <laughs> and while we're on the subject of cursing, I feel like back in the day, cursing was super inappropriate. There were only a few channels. Everything was very restricted to which words are actually allowed to be said on the air. But then. Comedy really became anti-PC, and people were trying to go for the most shock jockish, extreme types of comedy. And recently, as in maybe the past 10 years, it's taken that turn pretty much since the start of IG comedy. So has there ever been a point where you felt like you were taking it too far and you had to tone it down? When I first started, um, in, wow. Okay, so. Yes. I, I like the way kids, you say got, it, too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I got my like shit deleted like 600k like out of nowhere and I had to literally start over from zero so um I remember I had this whole talk one of my friends called me from LA and had a whole hour-long conversation where he told me you know just tone it down these big companies are not gonna fuck with you if you keep doing the type of comedy you do and cause all my shit is very sexual and I said yeah you're right I agree bro the second they gave me my account back like I, I was like that my videos got even yeah. crazier that's when i started doing the cottage cheese video and like my goal basically to make my parents look at my page and go damn homie i wanted to make i'm like the day that they unfollow me is when i know i made a great video but they haven't yet <laughs> love that i love that you're not giving in 
Because a lot of comedians feel, or especially stand-up comedians, feel like it's affected their work. They have to worry about getting, uh, losing bookings and losing shows. So it was great to see Dave Chappelle really stand up this year and just put out such an outrageous special. Yeah, like he, he just did. said whatever. I like that. We needed that. No, we do. Because a lot of times I watch old comedy. Like, I watch old Carlos Mencia, and I'm like, you know, this would have never flew now. Like, people would, would go crazy. He'd be on the fucking news. Like, yeah. a yeah. comedian offends everybody. But it's like, is it really that serious? It's comedy. Yeah, exactly. What Maybe do you, it's, Somebody wants to want to book me because I'm too crazy. Like, I don't want to be there anyway. Like, because you don't want to hear nothing good. You don't want to hear something different. You want to hear the same old, oh, I had a bad Tinder date jokes. No, you don't want to hear that. Why do these people even become fans of comedy? Like, when you go to a comedy club, it's supposed to be other people that are there to laugh and to get offended and hear something, you know, a little outlandish. Yeah. It's like, what is it? I mean, there's definitely a place for the social justice warriors in society, but a comedy club is just not the place. I love seeing people offended. Like, I like things that get people riled up. It's one of my favorite things to do is to, like, turn the fork once it's stabbed in. Like, just add a little gasoline to that fire. And uh, just how soft people are, like to be at a stand-up show and see like people disgusted over someone's comedy is like, what do you do when you go home at night? <laughs> it's a, you know, you got to be a real miserable fuck to go to a comedy show and believe unhappy. Like the whole point of going is like yeah. have a great time. Even if you don't think someone's funny or you don't agree with what they're saying, like enjoy yourself. Is it that like... Seriously. Me, yeah. The best feeling is when you make someone laugh, but it's even better yeah. when I hear people go... Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> love it. And and while we're on the topic of people in the comedy world being offended, I do notice that a lot of stand-up comedians, especially some of our good buddies that we have onto the show, have a lack of appreciation for a lot of these IG comedians. And it's understandable when you put an incredible amount of work into even a fifteen-minute set, and you see. An IG comedian put out a 15-second video, sometimes one that's not even really well thought out, and they end up popping and being able to make a living off comedy after putting in way less work. However, I mean, they kind of have to get with the times. This is a changing industry. The way that people are viewing comedy is changing. And that's why I say lack of appreciation, because in a sense, damn homie, you and other IG comedians, whether or not we find everything funny, you guys are pioneering a whole new form of comedy. But my question is, does it feel like you're pioneering a new form of comedy from the inside of the fishbowl? I I kind of understand what I'm doing, but to me... I kind of agree with the stand-up comedians when they hate on the Instagram comedians because, honestly, it doesn't really take a lot to be an Instagram comedian. You you just, you don't even have to be funny. You just have to have a funny moment, and anybody can have yeah. a funny moment. So I, I agree. Like, to be a stand-up comedian is a real art. Like, not everybody could get on stage and talk for eight minutes and making people laugh every other sentence. So for me, that's why I started doing stand-up is to prove myself. I think you should be able to do both. 100%. But if you look at the greatest stand-up comedians, you don't see them making an IG comedy. Like, that's why I stopped watching a lot of the new stand-up comedy because my bar was set so high. Guys like Louis... I love Louis C.K. I don't care how many people he jerks off on, whatever. I love Louis C.K. He's yeah. the best. Louis yeah. C.K. I like the more. Rest in peace. Even at the cellar. Yo, I tried to take a photo. His security came up and said, delete that. I was wow. Like, oh, yep. okay. Yo, I was mad nervous. I'm like, what the hell? And I mean, you really can't blame it because... You could say one wrong thing that gets picked up by a camera phone. Everybody has a camera phone. And then the next thing you know, your career is over. Or you have these people on Twitter 
lambasting you and harassing you constantly. Our friend LSD is tight with Dave Chappelle and he's gone to his house. When you enter Dave Chappelle's house, he has a box at the front door and you have to leave your cell phone in there so that there's no risk of anybody taking any video without him knowing and putting it out to the public. Yeah, that's so he talks about because this that me and my comedian friends talk about like I, I thank God nobody could hear it. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> so how long ago? The day I have to make people put their phones in their shoebox before they enter my home will be the day where I don't know if I even want to have friends anymore. Like, what kind of shit is that? Welcome to this new age. And that's coming from the guy that went out there. And I guess he was a little calculated with what he said. But, I mean, he really put everybody on blast in that last special. Yeah. No, I, I love Dave Chappelle. Like, even, yo, that time when he got booed. Yeah. Fuck, yeah. Like, but that really will humble you. Like, even somebody, like, a legend, we get booed. So it's like, you know, anyone that's afraid to get on stage their first time because they might get booed, it's like, bro, if a legend could get booed and, and could come back, like, it's nothing. Like, Oh, yeah. That's all part of it. Like, especially when you're working on material. What are you going to work on material all by yourself? I think it was, I saw Colin Quinn, who's one of my favorite comedians ever, coming and he was just working on jokes. And people just weren't digging it. But I was almost enjoying watching him bomb even more to see how we'd maneuver through it. Because like by the end of it, everybody loved him. It was just in the beginning, people were like, what is this? What is he going to do? Go to open mic? He can't do that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, I wish if I ever went to one of those shitty ass McDougal like open mics, not the comedy show, the other one. Yeah. Being like, uh, like a Chris Rock there, I, I don't even know what I would do. I'd be like, wow. Or like, you know, anybody basically just because I, I don't know, like, I don't know if I would test out my material at the cellar. Like, I'd probably go to like a, somewhere like a hot in Times Square or some shit. So how long ago did you start doing stand up comedy? Stand up, I started three months ago. Oh, wow. So you're fresh with it. Fresh. I started, but Instagram, I've only been doing for not even two years. So. Wow. Two years ago. You know, I noticed that I scrolled down to check out some of your early videos and I saw that they all started coming out in 2018. So how does that even happen? What did you just one day decide that you were going to start making Instagram videos? No, I made a funny video and it went viral. Like, I don't know oh. when somebody posted on Facebook and it got like 350,000 shares wow. in a day. And that, that's Facebook. So it's like all their followers are seeing it's this. A, yep. So, uh, after that, I just only continued because I didn't want to be the let me see your dick girl. <laughs> That's a classic video. So nobody encouraged you to start making these videos. No. Like I used to watch Instagram videos like to like because before I used to do real estate and I was like going through mad shit at the time. I was like depressed and I was but I, it's not even I wasn't depressed. I think I was just bored. But, you know, I do have like crazy anxiety. So at the time, like I'd watch Instagram comedy and make myself like forget about it and I there was this one girl who everyone's like she's the funniest girl and I'm like that bitch is not even that funny I could do this shit too like it's easy so when I did it yeah. and it worked off my first try I was like you see like I can do it but now do I really want to do this like I, I I'm living a normal life and my dad's like but you're not normal you have to do it so that's yeah. kind of why I started well I guess it was just meant to be I was gonna say I see you got like a million followers is there one follow that you got and you're like damn. I made it or like, damn, this is lit. Like somebody started following you out of nowhere that you saw and you're like, oh, this is lit. No, I was so, I remember when I got to 10K, I was so excited, like, wow. And now looking back, I'm like, wow, I was a bozo. Like I was really like yeah. super happy over that. Cause once you get to a million, you realize this shit don't really matter. Like the only yeah. thing that changes is people act super nice to you out of nowhere. And it's like, 
uh, still the same bitch. I don't know. You didn't like me then. I don't know what you fucking like about me now. I feel like from the people that I speak to that have a lot of followers on Instagram, it's tough unless it's measured up to some type of financial success or financial security. Like there are some people that have a million, two, three, four million followers, but they don't not they don't know the where the next paycheck is coming from, but they yeah. they don't know where the next payment is coming from. Yeah. So do you find that having a million followers will automatically lead to some type of financial success? I think if you're going to have a million followers, you need to think how you could turn that into money. Because, yeah, obviously, anyone that does comedy, comedy, you do it for the love. Like, just when I started getting paid for it, it was, like, the best feeling. Because, you know, you're basically living a life you don't need a vacation from. But and you're doing what you love, too. And it's like you're making money off it. Yeah, because at the same time, you still have to make money. Like, that's why a lot of times this will be a hobby and you'll have a real job. But I basically just quit my job and went in at full force, knowing, I'm, you know, there was going to be a chance where I wasn't going to make nothing for the first year. And I Congratulations. Did. I got to say, there's no better feeling than quitting that job. Yeah, you know, we're... It, was, it was scary, too. But I'm, I'm happy I did it because I said, fuck it. Like, and I, it was the best decision I ever made because I'm happy. Like, I wake up every day happy, ready to start my day. When I was doing real estate, I, every day I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to go, yeah. Real estate's something that you can always go back to also, that you can just have on the side, you know, because yeah, real estate's... You your license. You got to renew it every two years. But wait, I never yeah. answered the question. The point is, there are a lot of people that have millions of followers and no, and they're dead broke because they're, they're... Well, they're doing it for attention. They don't understand that this is a business. And, you know, that there are a lot of people that you can make a lot of money from it, but there's only a handful of people that are really making money. And I, I happen to be one of them, but that's coming because my whole life I was, you know, hustling and whatever the fuck I was doing. So yeah. coming from real estate. Do you, feel be, do you feel being a good looking girl helps that? I like thought that, that aspect of it. it. I, I always thought, damn, if I was fat and ugly, this shit would have been so much easier for me. People would have fucked with me more. Well, it depends how fat. No. <laughs> like, like, like fat. Like I can't. Yeah, Floppy's like, uh, like fat. Like a good, like, mm, you know. Yeah. You can't just blame your good looks though, because I mean, yeah, there's a ton of hot girls out there that have a lot of followers, but that aren't funny too. That aren't funny. That's what I'm saying. That still have a follow, but it's just literally for their looks. You just show tits and ass. You don't. You're not. But it's like, bro, everybody shows tits and ass, and not everybody is successful. So it's like, yeah, it, it's my my tits are nothing special. I promise you. But I, I feel like it's more that I go on live every day with, like, no makeup, and I talk to all my followers, and I think it's just I allow people to know a lot about me, and I let them into my world, and it's more like I'm relatable than anything. Yeah, I, I yeah. could tell just from this, like, five minutes we've been having this conversation that this is, like, you. This You're not really ho pulling any punches. You know, like, he asked you to not curse, and the first thing that came out was, that was fantastic. That's the type of <laughs> shit that I love. Yeah. <laughs> I tried, but, yeah. You know. Now that this has gone on, the pandemic is going on. Everything's been affected, especially the entertainment business. How has it affected the Instagram comedy scene? Um, a lot of people that I spoke to, they're like, I'm not, um, I don't have a motivation. I'm like, are you crazy? Now's the best time because you, you, you're just laying around, th think of ideas. Shoot, you're doing nothing else. You can't go outside. You can't go chill. You can't go to the movies shoot this is your job so i feel like i've lost money because um a lot of people that want promo or to shoot with me they don't want to meet up because they're like a pandemic 
but mm. I'm still working every day. So I'm still making money. I could have been making more. You know, I could be doing interviews in studios, not over yeah. a studio. Yeah. But for me, it actually turned out to be okay. Like, not, not bad at all. Like, I'm literally, I've written six stand-ups so far that are good. Like, I would have never had the time to really sit down and write these. Yeah. If I had to be running around all day. So is this written to be performed in front of a crowd in person, or are you able to do these sets online? I mean, I, I do it online every day, but there we go. Stand up as soon as we, as soon as it's open, I'm literally going that same day. So for me, it's just I would have been doing it by now. So it's like you said, though, everybody's trying to get on Instagram and do things now, or at least like if if they were going to do it, now's the time. One thing I noticed, it must be hard now because all the like guys like Fat Joe now have Instagram shows. Yeah, uh, Tory Lanez now has an Instagram show. The people that didn't need that Instagram platform are now utilizing it more than ever because everybody's on here. So Tory it's, Lanez is lit. You know, you're competing with major talent. Like you have to be very smart to do some shit like that. Like, so, I'm. It's it's it makes it harder for like not celebrities when real celebrities can say, "Oh, fuck that we could do this shit too." But what do you mean by that? Not celebrities and real celebrities. Because I feel like that meaning is starting to change. It's starting to... There's a real gray area now. Like, a lot of people will, like, call me or consider me, like, a celebrity. Like, every time I go live, they're like, oh, my God, you're famous. I'm like, calm down. I'm not Rihanna. Like, I don't consider myself famous. I I think I'm known only because I have Instagram. But you you can't even compare me to someone who's really been doing this. And, like... That's why it's crazy because I'm an Instagram comedian, but I kind of hate on the whole Instagram comedian thing because I think 10 years ago, you think half these people would have made it? No. Yeah. When you had to really put in the work? Hell no. That's it true. It's so easy now for people to get famous. You don't even have to be talented. Nothing. Just have a fucking iPhone. That's it. That's it. I feel like just like anything else, though, the ones that really are talented, they keep going. It's not just one video. It's like you said, you know, you didn't want to be known as just the comedian that did one video. Yeah. So, yeah, the ones that have held or stood the test of time, they've been there for a long time. Some of them have even transcended past IG comedy now, like Ron Suno. The kid Ron Suno yeah. has got... I was just in his music video, Nunchucks. Oh, yeah. you're in it? Nice. Yeah. Yo, I fuck with Ron Suno, I've known him for a minute. Like, he's going to be the first comedian to be, like, taken seriously in music. And no one's been able to fucking do that. Everybody yep. wants to do music and they can't. Yo, I didn't even know he did it. Like, I we met a while ago because we were both on World Star, and I hit him up to collab. We never actually went because he's in the Bronx. I'm in, I'm in Brooklyn. Nobody wants to fucking make that trip. Yeah, yeah. But we like ended up not even speaking, unfollowing each other, and then on New Year's, my manager threw a big ass mansion party, and he came there. So I was like, oh, what's good? And we started speaking again, and we went to shoot um, at a strip club the next, like a week later, to do a skit, and we were just chilling, and then like. Yeah, last month they were shooting nunchucks, and I played. I don't know what the fuck, but I, I had a gun and I was I was killing. <laughs> <laughs> so him, Ha Davis, yo, I see Ha Davis on fucking Comedy uh, Central. Yeah, Ha Davis like, is. Yeah, that's, that's another one. Who like he didn't know how to do stand up. He literally just like one day just started doing it and is killing it now and still killing Instagram. A lot of Fat Boy, Fat Boy took the turn to music. Yeah, Fat Fat Boy. I see him in movies all the time. Like, yeah, it was the first one I feel like took that 
that step, that big step into being, you know, he, he was like with all the rappers and everything and then started dropping music actually. He's the first, I think the first one that really blew the f*** up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Everyone else is trying to get on what he did. But it's just been another platform. Just like back in the day when you were a stand-up comedian, you had to go from club to club and hope that the right promoter saw you or the right talent agent saw you. Yeah, Instagram is... Those people, the people that actually fucking made it. Like, what? I, I'm talking about all the other people. Like, clearly they made it because there's something special about them. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be, like, out of... Um, there's so many people doing it. Like, let's say a 1,000. Only maybe 10 will make it. It, even though they made it through Instagram, that doesn't take away from the talent and what the f*** they're doing. I'm talking about all the people that think they're going to make it because they have followers, but they won't because you're not putting the work in. There's definitely like that lower echelon of quote-unquote Instagram stars. You're at like the higher echelon of the IGs. Like you're right at the verge of like breaking into, like you would say, like real celebrity because yeah, it's not just I the number. Like that. That's crazy. No, you definitely are. You definitely are. But this is your circle too. Yeah. Like the, the other comedians that you're working with and that you're in videos with, they're right there. So it's kind of funny. I feel like there's been like different crews of people that have been kind of working in the same, like contemporaries of each other. But your, your crew is just breaking out right now. And you did it in New York too. Because I noticed there's a lot of IG comedians and IG stars that are out in L.A., and I would think that that would be some type of advantage to be around all those other people in showbiz and having access to that whole world that's out there. Do you think that being an IG comedian in New York has held you back? I think, no, it would have been hard anywhere. But in LA, they do this thing where um, even if they don't like each other, they're still going to shoot. All they care about yeah. is getting followers here. If someone don't like me, they're never going to fuck with yeah. me shooting with me. Like, so that's the difference. So for me, it's like, as a, someone in New York, I had to get all these people to like me. And it's like, why the fuck should we like you? We've been doing this for years. You're just coming in and you want us to just accept you. Like I was, I got, I don't want to say haze, but like I was the new kid in school, basically. Like nobody wanted to fuck with me. And I think the first one that did a video with me was Commodore. He's on uh, the 50 Cent Show for Life right yeah. now. Yep. He was the first one to work with me. I didn't even have 10K yet. And he's the one that got me there. And I didn't, I, like, I feel like I'm going to always owe him a favor for that. I mean, two years, that's like quick though for you to blow up in two years, lose an account at 600,000 and yeah, make it back to a million. Now the damn homie 11, that's my second account. The first one is uh, uh, it's still active. It's there. I just don't really touch it. You know, I didn't realize that there was any tension between different groups of IG comedians. So there are IG comedian beefs going on. That's I like that. <laughs> hey, conflict's always good. It would be fun to see some type of a IG comedy sketch battle, something like that. No, but of course, people love beefing, which I, I try not to do that because I'm like, yo, it's just Instagram. Like, is it that serious for me to beef with someone? And, like, it would have to be some crazy shit, and I won't even do it on the gram because I'm like, they just want followers. And I don't like when people are desperate to, well, they'll do anything for that. I mean, 50 Cent does it. 50 Cent starts beefs just so that he can increase that album sale. 50 Cent, it's different. He yeah. can't be he Yeah, he's the... Like he wants at this point. That's like <laughs> He's the king of that, yep. Maybe I'm crazy and I just haven't been paying enough attention, but who is beefing in the IG comedy world? I don't even know. Right now, I, all I know is I'm go good with everybody. So it's not like East Coast, West Coast beef? Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> like The thing with LA and New York is, um, so 
I think New York, they look down on LA because their comedy is trash, but the videos are amazing. <laughs> and I'm not talking about everybody. Like, obviously, I love yeah. King Batch, Amanda Cerny. I love them. I'm speaking about, like, some of the other ones, not the special ones, like, that are just, like, their production's amazing, but their comedy's like, oh, my God, like, you really, like, did this? Like, you wasted your time on this? Okay. And in New York, we, <laughs> we don't bother with the production. We just shoot with our phones, but our comedy's, I think, 100 times better. And yeah. that's... One thing I love about Ken that I work with is we're the only comedians that I know for a fact I'm never moving to L.A. I don't give a fuck if it'll be better for me to do it, better for my career. I just won't. And he's the same fucking way. Like, he's a New Yorker at heart. And You're to Brooklyn. Yeah. I, moving I, into- I, if I live there, everybody would be like, I love your accent. Oh, my God. Like, I don't... <laughs> I get tired of hearing that every fucking day. And then you- I think my accent would slowly become like this. And- <laughs> no, keep that accent. I have to. <laughs> people from New York tend to do more with a lot less. I feel like that's the story of New York all the time. You're right. Like all those IG videos from all like the kooks out in LA, they're just super over the top, pouring juice on each other and just goofy stuff like that. It's just like, it's not comedy that is suited for people in our age group, I think. I think it's more like for the younger kids. Like, oh, that guy's wacky. Look, he poured a fucking gallon of orange juice all over his friend. Whatever yeah, crazy shit they're doing. Instagram loves anything like mad and mature, like even like couples pranking each other. I mean, I love I love Hammy TV, but I've seen a lot of other people try to do what they're doing, and it's so whack to me. It's like, oh, do something else, bro. I got to agree. Well, you I know like what? Mel- I like Melanie and uh, Chiclet. I love them. They're so funny. Yeah. My the what was the first oh, video I've ever seen? Um. It was like she was eating Oreos weird, and he kept like trying to slap it out of her hand. Yeah. I love them. Uh, well, Maya, it's been great having you on. Hopefully, we can have you again before you're uh, you're famous, famous, a real celebrity like you say, or even back when you are that. And we got to have you to our studio because normally we have a lot of crazy shit that goes on. It's more of like a, I guess they're like a shock jock show. So you really never know what's going to happen. But now we're under the restraints of Zoom. Yeah, I know. I'm down. As, as soon as this shit's over, I'm down to come to the studio and talk awesome. some shit and try not to curse. No, but curse. Yeah. Uh, but they already know where to find you on Instagram. Is there anything else you'd like to plug before uh, we head to some music? No, just thank you for having me. It was a pleasure to meet you guys. Maya, it's been a pleasure to have you on. Be sure to follow her one more time at DamnHomie11. And now, let's get back to some music, revolution music here on The Ryan Show FM. Let's go. Go, 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 and on the count of three. Go, 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 and on the count of three. Go, 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 uh, on the count of three. Everybody run back to your fantasy now. Go, 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 and on the count of three. Club niggas would grab her. Fantasize when I had her. In the bathroom, sweating with her ass up. The body of a dancer. We had chemistry, cause she was a cancer. Thought forever it would last for, but forever move faster. So I had to. Still, I got the pause when I think about her in them drawers. And uh, ooh, baby, she liked it raw. And like rain when she came, it poured. And like a car that I can't afford, I will want it, they want some more. Uh, the persistence our frames explode.
She wants secure back for more. I wanna go, 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 go. And on the count of three, go, 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 go. And on the count of three, go, 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 go. Uh, on the count of three, everybody run back to your fantasy now. must come to an end yes even this radio show but i'll tell you one thing that won't come to an end unless you do your best and do your part in ending it and that's the bullshit oppression that goes down in this country so i want to give a big shout out to our guests that came on tonight to speak about it the black panther's own brother shep yeah brother and, shep uh, shout out to brother shep but you know shout out to chanel for bringing him to us and uh you know he's a he's cool down to earth i want to get him down for a real you know in a real interview get him down for a real conversation especially after you know who knows when this is going to end everything that's going on right now but it would be good to get another you know more insight from, from him because i think a lot of people especially you know where we grew up a lot of people don't know about the black panthers and really what they do and what their main goal is i think we're taught so little about it growing up and the fact that there's still black panthers in jail with those archaic laws that were uh, imposed on them and they've been in jail for 50 years crazy uh, also want to give a big shout out to Maya, a.k.a. Damn Homie. Damn Homie. Check out her Instagram. She's got a lot of followers, a lot of, uh, a lot of good content. And if you're a regular listener of this program, you may have heard stand-up comedians come on here and undervalue IG comedians. And to my surprise, Damn Homie agreed. She said it herself that the bar has been set so low in terms of creating good content. Where, you know, we grew up on stand-up comedy where there's just a lot more that goes into a comedy set than an Instagram video. You can say whatever you want, but it's a 15-second video most of the time. Uh, but, you know, she does it well, even though they are short videos. And props to her for going and, and learning how to do stand-up. Because she could just do the Instagram shit just fine and, and make just as much money, it seems. So, hey, it's always good to expand your craft. Listeners out there, be sure to speak up. Don't just be silent. If you see some bullshit that's going on in your country it's up to you as a citizen to try to fix it and work on it so that it's better for your children don't be selfish come on it's not all about you do it the right way don't go out like i, I really think those people are cowards that are going out and throwing the molotov cocktails and you know running away and just you know causing trouble and then hiding them hiding their faces and uh you know just making everything look bad go out and really try to make a change go out and actually stand for something march and you know band with the people out there uh I just, uh, I'm not a fan of that, uh, you know, just the people that are just really taking advantage of it. Opportunists, just like our boy Bradley Noble from Sublime, back in the day as he was out yeah. there looting and rioting. 
when this is all said and done, these are historic times, unprecedented times, and we're going to have to live with whatever choices that we made. So when this dust settles in 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now, you're going to have to tell your grandkids what part you played. And if you did nothing, you're probably going to feel like nothing uh, when it's all said and done. So go out, try to make a difference. Peace, love, kindness, harmony, all that good stuff. We try to bring it to you every week right here on The Ryan Show FM. Hamptons Dave, thank you so much for all you contribute. Got to give a big shout out to Mr. Cheeks out there on the streets of Atlanta protesting and uh, to all the other brave MCs, all the guys that have platforms and don't have to be out there because they have money and they have influence, but they're using it now for the right reason. Big shout out to everybody that's been a part of it. And uh, yeah, catch us next week. We're going to be back here at the same station, the same time, the same place. Download the app and catch us on iTunes. Because that is another place that you can hear us and hear everything at That Happens, Dave. Everything. Go to YouTube. Listen to our, our tracks we have on YouTube. Get everything. Just Ryan Show. Google Ryan Show FM. Ryan Show everything. Hamptons Dave. Google Hamptons Dave and see what pops up. I dare you. <laughs> Everybody out there, remember, love conquers all. Love is love, baby. And don't forget, Black Lives Matter. We will see you next week, ladies and gents. Peace. Bing.